everybody, this is MG, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast that MG and I do every week. We try to do it every week, and we try to bring to you our experiences working several programs and just share with you what we have come across in our lives. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober, but I know what works for me. And that's what we want to encourage people to do in this podcast is to figure out what works for them. And that's where MG and I are a little bit different because I like to tell people what to do and think that I can keep them sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we just invite you to listen. It's fun and it's also really educational. We cry, we laugh, we do a little bit of everything. We have guests, we work the steps. It's great. So stay tuned to the next podcast coming right up. Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is MG. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome, audience. So today we have, we wanted to do this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but um, we ran up into a scheduling conflict. So today we have two of our very good friends and comrades in recovery, and um, we're going to talk about how they built their relationship, how they met and dated and eventually got married and now they're staying married (laughs) right and this is uh two firsts for our podcast the first first is we've never had a couple on so thank you guys for being brave and showing up as a couple and then you're our first male oh you are participant so welcome so i'd like for you guys just to introduce yourselves hi i'm eva Hi, I'm David. So I go to a meeting with these two we have for a long time. Um, I met you at that Saturday morning meeting, David, and Eva uh, ever since she came in the program. And um, she looked a lot like she does right now, like a deer in the headlights. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little nervous. (laughs) To say the least. One of the things, though, that um, the reason why I wanted you guys to come and share your story is because you have a very unique and beautiful story. Um, You know, one of the first times I remember kind of getting closer to you was um, that Christmas Eve. Do you remember that? I remember that real well. Will you tell our audience what we were doing? So um, it was Christmas Eve and it was raining really, really heavy. And cold. And, and cold. And um, my partner of 20 years was dying and severely ill. And I knew I needed to go to a meeting. So I went to the meeting up on Peacock, which I hadn't ever been to before and had a hard time finding the right room. But I just went in and, you know, said, I'm just a mess. You know, because I'm a huge love addict. And I was just really attached to this relationship. And so, you know, what I found was... I have this fear that if I tell people what I really feel and what I'm really thinking, that they'll run away. And I went in and was just vulnerable, and what I found was people stepped closer to me instead of moving away. So it was real good for me to find out. And we all went to dinner afterwards. We went to Katz's right real close by here. <laughs> we went upstairs in the upstairs room and had a Jewish dinner on Christmas Eve, yeah. which mm. was very mm. rewarding, yeah. very nice. So it was very good for me. Yeah. So shortly after that, you did, Marilyn passed away. And, um, you know, there was a time period, I'm sure, I don't know how long. And um, and then 
tell us how, you know, why don't you, let's start with you, Eva, and like how you came into the program and um, how long you've been in the program and your experience up to that point. Okay. Um, I came in about a little over 10 years ago and my therapist or my counselor told me that uh, it might be a good program for me to go to. Um, and um, so I came in like in July of 2009. And it was your first 12 step, right? Um, yes, I had I had done Al-Anon like uh, almost like 20 years ago. Yeah. But did not, it did not take on me at the time. <laughs> So, well, because, and let me just jump in because, you know, I feel like that's a similar story as well. And I feel like there's something very specific about sex and love addiction that's different from Al Anonism. And so it's similar, but very different. There's definite parallels. You know, there's the codependence and the, you know, getting the value from the other person and the desire to control, you know, but it, it, there's, SLIA helps you really dive into your own patterns and find out, you know, what it, what's the core of your addiction. Yeah, that's true. So um, I started off going to women's meetings and then, you know, um, I decided on my own that I needed to be in a co-ed meeting because I really needed to know how men felt. You know, I, I've seen how women would get vulnerable and, you know, be sat in a meeting and cry, and, and so I needed to see if men, I wanted to know if, how men acted, uh, which I didn't know. So um, starting with, you know, I went to that Tuesday evening meeting, and um, I do know that David was there, and um, I tended to sit next to him, and it wasn't that I was attracted to him, it was more that I knew he was married, and so I knew that he wouldn't um, it was safe. It was safe, yeah. And so that's kind of what I looked at like that. So, um, and I think that's how I um, kind of got to know him because I think the beauty with our relationship is that um, we had heard one another's story before we made the decision. Oh, that, yeah. You know, so we already knew all the things that had gone on in our lives. Right. It's like, okay, um, this is the eighth date, so I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I'm in this program. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we knew um, pretty much about one another. Um, and we, I think we had also mutual friends that also in the meeting that um, kind of brought us together in a sense, uh, wouldn't you say? <laughs> So, Do you think uh, either one of you were actively like looking to date when you began? No, no. we weren't. So the Tuesday night meeting, uh, just like you were talking about going out to dinner, often went out and walked and then went to dinner. And there might be five or six or eight or 12 of us that would go out and walk. And so we walked together for a long time as a group. And... Um, we were actually. Well, I wanted to define a long time because I think it was like two years, wasn't it? Well, it was probably a close to you because I'm thinking of if I came in at all nine, we probably started walking in uh, 2010. 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2010 and, and 11. And we really didn't declare that we were dating till 2012. And uh, it was really kind of funny. Wow. That's five years. 
Well, but three years, three years, three years, three years. Yeah, <laughs> plus a little. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, and, uh, okay. My um, my sponsor told me that he'd seen me out on a date, and I said, "I'm not dating." And he said, "Well, I saw two people eating alone at Vex Prime, and if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck." He said, "You were on a date," and I said, "No, we're not dating." And we, it was a, a Tuesday night, and four or five of us went to walk, and only the two of us wanted to have dinner. And um, so we did, and uh, I told her the story, and she laughed. And um, it was really funny. A couple of weeks after that, I said, um, what would it be like if we decided to date? And she got up and left. She said, I wouldn't like that. True. And uh, so. The German came out in her, huh? <laughs> I'm not German, so. <laughs> but she was but like, the German came out. Yeah. Yeah. The avoidant came out, yeah, is what I'd say. Yeah. And yeah. she said, I wouldn't like that. I like just how we are. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And literally put on her shoes. We were sitting on the couch and, and left. And so, I said, okay. And well, and I just make up that that was probably horribly horrifying to you. Or, you know, David, I feel like you're so recovered that, you know, did you just take it and I just kind of took it because I knew, um, well, I labor her as a runner. That when something happens, she runs. And so I just, you know, she ran and that's okay with that. And like a week later, um, she, we were still doing things together. And I'm a, a quail hunter, and we went quail hunting, and she sat on this 4 by 4 with me for, you know, a couple of hours. And then we came back, and we were walking on a Monday, um, and we stopped at the Sabine Bridge, and she looked at me and said, what would it look like if we did date? Stopped running. We did. Stop How scared. So what had gone through your mind up to you know, between the no, I don't want to, to what would it look like? Um, well, you know, I talked to some of my recovery people and, um, you know. <laughs> I wish like this was my, video. My I wish people could see and, you. Know, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Um, it was really, you know, this is going to sound really silly, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, when we were out hunting and we were sitting on this, a mule and we were sitting not the animal mule but you know mm -hmm. a four wheel mm -hmm. and we were sitting upstairs you know he sat right next to me and it was like electric and I, <gasps> that's the only way I can describe it and of course the man in uniform is really handsome because right? <laughs> he was yeah you know it is red camo? Yeah. well not camo when you do dub uh, Quail hunting. Quail hunting, you're not in camo. You're in like in khakis. Like khakis. And, but, you know, very nice looking man that I was hunting with. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what was that discussion like? I mean, did you guys talk about like, well, we're not going to do this or let's do this or what happened there? We were 16 years old and giggled yeah. and carried on and uh, I rolled down the hill well, that was before. Was before, before we stopped, yeah, okay. we were we'd walk down um, to U of H campus downtown on the Bayou, and we're coming back. And you know, there's a big hill there at uh, the theater at, at Wortham, 
and she said, did you ever roll down a hill as a kid? And she went up and rolled down the hill. And I think that was the test to see if I was going to chastise her for not being an adult. Or and then we her. walked to the Sabine Bridge and she stopped and that's what yeah. she, she asked me. But yeah. yeah, I do think we bring out the, the little playful children in each other. Mm -hmm. that, you know, we mm -hmm. laugh and giggle a lot. All the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you guys, you know, you, did, you said what would it look like and you dated. You already knew each other fairly well. How long did you date? Um, so this was, so our official date was, oh, the, the great thing that happened, actually, what I have to say is, once we made the decision we were gonna date, I went on a trip for 10 days, so I left town. Good. And so I think we had some wonderful conversations um, while I was gone where we were not together. And you know we talked every day and uh, we talked about everything. You know, uh, we even, you know, we talked about Marilyn, we talked about my ex-husband, um, you know, they come up all the time in, in our conversations, in our lives, and uh, um, it was perfect that we were not together those first 10 days. So why do you say that? I think it made our um, relationship stronger, you know, I, I got to miss him. Mm. And then after mm. that... Well, and you also had a moment for reflection. Exactly. Where you could be not in it, but like thinking about it. Yeah. Not having to like see him or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The immediacy and we, of it. Um, you know, it's funny because I was telling my daughter, you know, that I think I have found somebody that I really like to date. And uh, she said to me, well, tell me what he looks like. And I said, well, he is blue eyes and fair skin and he has no hair and my daughter started laughing and she goes mom bald guys are beautiful <laughs> she's married to a guy that doesn't have hair too but yeah so that was really a nice uh way i think for me to hear that um she approved of this which you know we all want that approval of our children so mm -hmm. my son was a little different <laughs> yeah yeah well, she had her son's name is David also, and she had asked David if he wanted to meet me, and uh, he said no, not really. <gasps> not and yet. Is not, what he oh, said. okay. Not and uh, he waited until we were together. A couple of months. Yeah, a couple of months, and uh, we were. Uh, we she's got a place up in Chapel Hill, and we were up there, and he called her and said, you know, I'm ready, and came up and uh, had lunch with us and sat on the porch and talked. So. He wanted his own time to do it. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat because we were all talking, and then I went in doing the dishes, and um, they were sitting outside talking. And then when I would walk, when I walked back out, David husband walked back in, and and my son leaned toward me and said, "You know, Mom, I really like him." So that was really nice to hear. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you guys have to answer, you know, the $100,000 question, which is, and this is like my fear, so it's my projection, is how do you not get love addicted? And how do you not get, like, you know, enthralled with sexual stuff? You know, what does being sober in SLAA look like for you guys in your relationship? I want to answer it. It's... 
it's not that we don't get love addicted. I think I'm love addicted and I can get into my sexual stuff. It's just that I recognize it and then I try and let it not rule me. Do you communicate about we it? We talk about mm. it. Um, you know, we, we talk about, I'm terribly love addicted to my son. And so we talk about when I'm doing things with my son that yeah. I wouldn't do with anyone else. And Eva can point to me that, you know, it's my love addiction. Or we can talk about if I'm doing stuff and I realize I've got a resentment that I'm in my love addiction with gotcha. her and I need to, to come out. It really sounds like it just provides a really good vocabulary for you to have conversations. Well, it's like we have a 24-7 meeting going on. Yeah. You know. Um, do you I, ever use that? Do you guys ever, like... Uh, you might need a meeting. <laughs> we don't really say that <laughs> to each other. I don't think we've ever said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about, have you called your sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, has, Elizabeth has been a sponsor for too long. Use that one. Yeah. Well, I think what I say is you might want to check that out with your sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. But, um, well, I also think that, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, a lot of that was hard to deal with it's become easier i think as as time has has passed that you know i i could have resentment with him in the beginning terrible of things he said and did and and uh you know talk to a sponsor about it and but uh, i think today it's different because i think in the beginning i had a hard time um really asking for what i wanted and when i had been hurt uh, i had a really hard time expressing to him how I had been hurt and, and why I didn't like what he said to me. Uh, and it has nothing to do with him. It, it does have yeah, to do so with it's me. It's trusting yeah. the response, yeah. right? And today, yeah. uh, you know, I, I used to go, if he had, you know, we had this thing going for a long time that, um, you know, I was sitting in the rose bushes and there were no leaves and flowers, it was just thorns. And when I said that, he knew that he had said something that hurt me. But it could take me three days to really say, hey, listen, I need to talk because this is what happened and I don't feel good about it. Today, it's more like, you know, it happens immediately, yeah. Well, Well, because you've built that trust and you've built that relationship and you have that common respect for each other that, and you know he's a safe guy and he's, I make up open and willing to hear it. Yeah, he is. But we've been together for, eight years about now and it took her I think a long time to come up to feel on par where she would do that that it just um, it's scary when she came in I was probably 22 years into SLAA and she has expressed well I don't have the recovery you have and it it, it doesn't matter in a relationship and I think that was the hard thing it's just um, so I just think it took her a while to feel safe enough or strong enough to, to say, here, here's what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, well, having, I think, like a lot of years behind you, and then you have another program in your belt as well that you are dedicated to and have worked the steps around that, you, you know, there's just, I always tell people, like, you have to remember, my sponsees, I tell them, you have to remember those people, your family, or they don't have the benefit of the education that you do. And it is an education, you know, we do. But I can identify with you, Eva, a lot because 
it feels really scary to me to like open up and tell anybody like you know when I'm hurt or especially in the in a romantic relationship so yeah. what is the biggest challenge what do you you know back then and now um, for me um, I don't know if it was I guess this was a challenge we, we called it that he didn't water me uh, I need to have I need to be touched. That's one of my love languages, you know, and words of affirmation. Uh, and I did not get that in the beginning. He uh, did. You have to learn how to tell him. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, I would many times say, you know, I haven't been watered. And, and oh my God, and, that just makes me nervous. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm listening. Actually, <laughs> but you and I, we are getting to do our work in different ways, you know, because I have a boss that likes to tease me and make fun of me. And like with your workmates yes. to have, you know, those things. Right. And so, you know, when I see people in recovery in partnership, you know, there's a there's a piece of me and this is just the jaded piece of me that I'm like, how can that ever work? And I'm not saying it's not because you guys aren't able or whatever, it's just because I believe that being addicts in this program, I don't feel like um, that there's a lot of hope. I guess I'm pessimistic about that. <laughs> Elizabeth, I need to talk to my sponsor about that, I guess. That'll, that'll be another podcast. <laughs> we'll do that one next week. Right. And, and what I've seen with you guys and the way that you've held yourself is that um, you're not perfect. You come and you share, you know, what's going on with you. And I've heard, like, you share your stuff when, you know, he's not there and then vice versa. So I feel like you guys are very honest, and I think, you know, if, you know, if we could be honest about, you know, like they were saying, there's hope for even people, people who are mentally ill, if, you know, you can have that honesty about you. The rigorous honesty. That rigorous honesty, and so I see that with you guys, and the fact that you can come in and talk about, like, stuff that's still going on, lends me, uh, makes me believe that it is great and legitimate. Because, you know, I think we all know people who have had couples in this program where, you know, under further scrutiny, it's like things aren't as rosy as they appear to be. But I would have to say with you guys, I really feel like a sense of that things are true and good. And it gives me hope. This is a, a very circuitous way for me to say that you guys give me hope that there can be relationship in my life. But I'm not willing to spend any effort. And the way that you guys did it was so effortless. Elizabeth, that's what I want, where it's just like... Yeah, but that's not true, is that, it? That's not true. Yeah. That, that's a myth. Ah. Because it really was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the hardest thing, from my viewpoint, was still being in grief when we got together in a relationship. Mm. And, um, you know, I didn't know if I ever wanted to be in a relationship again. And when we first got together, um, I just couldn't be sexual. You know, just I get close and just you know the grief would come up, and so yeah, it it may have looked okay on the outside, but we there were great struggles that we went through, and uh, I've got two stepkids that weren't wild about me getting into a relationship sure, again. Sure. And then my son was very supportive, but you know there there have been lots of bumps along the the road there. Well, I just want to read for our our listeners. Um, It's out of the SLAA text around building partnerships. And it talks about 
where, um, and this is on page 157, and it's in the top paragraph, and it said, the most important aspect of all of this was to keep our lives open by sharing as forthrightly as we could whatever reservations we had. And it says, uh, our shared fears, doubts, and insecurities all led to a deepening commitment. And so I see that, that you guys were able to, even with the struggles, you had that deep commitment that it seems like you have been able to um, help flourish. What What is it like to go to meetings with each other? Is it just like, I'm here with my buddy, or do you ever have to check what you're going to say? <laughs> well, my control issues come up. When she's sitting on something and not talking about it, I'm oh, you're going to be like... I want to poke her. Uh-huh. And she's aware that I will look at her in a meeting. I'll talk when I want to talk. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I, uh, oh. I had a therapist once I was complaining, and he said, do you think you'd be happy with a weaker woman? You know, what a great ooh, question ooh, to ask. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. But, you know, yeah. she's able to, to but, let me push. But I still have to like... <laughs> yeah, you know, the Stepford wife idea does kind of get to be appealing. But, uh, I don't think it'd work very long. So, what would you recommend well, to, to uh, other people? Like, not just, you know, people in recovery or in meetings dating, but just... So can I can I share that you guys are not you know in your mid thirties? I'm going to turn seventy this year. Okay, and I'm sixty eight. Okay, so it's and we're you guys, old. Well, not but we're not old. <laughs> you're not, and that's like for me because I just turned sixty, and for me it's like okay, there's like this appeal of being. A teenager, but with all of this knowledge yeah. as well, as to what is really valuable in a relationship that you get to experience. Is that valid for you? I think it is, because I can see what I learned. I've been married three times now. The, the first marriage ended in divorce. The second one ended in her death. So I learned so much in each of those that comes to bear in this one. And... Um, when I was young, I didn't want to be vulnerable. Mm. I didn't want to tell you if mm. you did something that hurt me. Mm. And so I identify with Eva mm-hmm. in not wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. And to me, the things that happened for me as I got older is I became more willing to be vulnerable and I had greater compassion for not just my partner, but everybody. Yeah. And um, one of the, the things I was talking to Sponsi about this week, to me, SLAA is so different than AA. I don't ever tell my sponsees to do something. You yeah. know, in AA, you can say, don't drink. Well, I don't know what's good. You know, I talk to a lot of people that are anorexic, and I talk to a lot of people that act out. I can't say, yeah, I support you doing this or don't. I want to talk to them about why. Right. And that's so different. You know, I can do the same action. And it'd be good for me one time and not be good for me right. another time. It's why am I doing it? What you know? What's the motivation? What's the motivation and, and how am I feeling? And you know, one of the things that we've negotiated is there are times that it's good for us not to take care of each other or not to be sexual. And that's revolutionary for me to think about 
you know, even though I'm in a committed relationship, it might be best for me to sit and stew in my own stuff. Yeah. You know, and um, not use that to not use that mask, whatever yeah. it is. One of my favorite scenes out of a movie is in Children of a Lesser God, where they have a fight, and she said, "Now let's be sexual," and he says, "No, you know, let's talk about this." You know, she's you know very adamant about no. I don't want to talk. Yeah, about I don't it. want to talk. Yeah, yeah. And let's just so, get it over with. Let's get it over with. And let's let's right. put it let's behind fix us. It. And, well, right. that, that and I think that that was a desire to have connection again. That when we're in argument, that there's a disconnect, and I'm yeah. like, you know, feel less than, and that might have been a strategy for her to. You it's know, to rebuild the intimacy. Yeah, you know? it's, it's a love addict movie. Yes, yeah. it is. It's a love addict. I, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to talk. I don't want to have feelings. I just want to have sex. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so what I meant by hormones. the question is is that the, by the teenager part is the giddiness and the, the excitement of having a new relationship and, and being in love, however, you're mature and you have all of this knowledge and wisdom behind you. And so to me, it's, it, we're, you know, you're very fortunate to be in this space in life and in, in, in your age and, and then to have each other and to have this great relationship. True. I, um, I, well, I did not want to be in a relationship after I, I had been married 30 years and been with the same man for 35 years. And I thought, you know, that's, I'm free now to do anything I want. And that was not, dating was not on that path at all. Sure. It was just sure. doing my own thing. Um, I think what happened, and I actually have thought about that just, recently is um, why shouldn't I have another life you know why why shouldn't I be with somebody that I care about and and that I like and and um, you know having a new life I mean I I thought about that when we first started dating and and I you know I was scared to death because you think you've been with somebody for so long you have you know there's a routine there and and the scary part and a way of was, being. Yeah, you are yes, who you are. Yeah. You're this way. And you know, okay, now I'm going to have to do that with this new person. Open myself up and going to know all about my my stuff that I do. And you know, um, and um, and then I thought, you know, well, why shouldn't I have another life, another chance at life, being happy, and doing things that I probably wouldn't do or didn't do in my past life or my past relationship. So that's kind of how I looked at it. And and like I said, I thought about that when we first started dating, but I just thought about it really recently um, that, you know, I have a great life and I would not have had this life um, if I hadn't met Debbie because I don't think, um, I don't think I would be dating. Mm-hmm. I think it was, um, you could talk about God and, you know, I think God put him in my path uh, and, um because let's put it this way, I wasn't looking for anybody. Right. And I think that's one of the things I think is when you stop looking for something that you want and just stop it, that you have a better chance of of being more open and seeing all of it instead of just focusing on, on like trying to find somebody. Sure. Sure. Just like open and so right. I think that's how it happened, and you know, I think, uh, I think that's how it happened. Would it be fair to say that he's not really your type? Like, um, it's not the kind of man that you would have been looking for. 
You know, I always said, you know, so where I worked, there was a lot of women that told me, you know, when you get ready. I want to just say David is nodding his head while she's talking. <laughs> Go ahead. Go Emma. ahead. That's why we see this video. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You don't. But have you were to. talking about at work. So the women that I, I work with that said, okay, when you get ready, I have somebody for you. And I would look at them and I said, no way. I'm going to find, if I'm going to find somebody, it's going to be somebody that I get to know from the inside out. And that I'm going to fall in love with because of who he is, how he shows up, what he does, yeah. how he treats me, yeah. not what he looks like. Right. And I found the man that I liked from the inside the way he treats me, the way we communicate, and I happen to way to like the way he looks. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I didn't mean the way he That's looks. I just mean that you, there's a whole bunch of you know things there yeah. that you like. Well, it's a bonus that he's cute. Well, and you know when I was like in, in this book on building partnerships, you know they talk a, they have a warning wagging finger about those who you know stay single too long. And they talk about that, uh, you know, like what we were talking about, like what's your motive around it. And I feel like I have such contented sobriety right now that I'm not even like looking out for that. And I'm open if I'm out in a play or if I'm out in the world and I come across someone, it has to be organic because for me and the way that my love addict shows up, I'm not hunting anybody down. I'm not going online and I'm not I'm not doing that. It's like it just is toxic to me and it disgusts me. So I love that it was like uh and, and to me, you know, I said that it seemed like it was effortless, but I guess what it sem- seemed what I the better way to say it is that it was a natural thing that evolved over time. And that's what I want more than anything. And I'm open to that. I really phrase what Eva said as one of the AA promises. Suddenly we realize God is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And that's how I think I viewed us as being together. That we were doing stuff together before we ever realized that we were trying to do things together. It was just part of the the routine that we had in life. And my son, when I told him we decided to date, he said, y'all been dating for a long time. You just didn't call you it. Just dating. didn't call it that. Yeah, you you went out and you did stuff with people, or you did stuff together, and you you were just okay. Well, they call it group dating. You know, when you go out and you're in groups with other people, yeah. that it might not. Did you be. talk about her? Did I talk? Well, yeah. Did you talk to, to uh, <coughs> Travis about her? Did well, you? Well, what was really funny? One of the stories we didn't tell was the first Christmas that I knew her and I was single. I invited her and another guy from recovery to Christmas dinner because they didn't have anywhere to go. My son Travis was there and my ex-sister-in-law and her husband were there. And so um, I was still in a little bit of shock, I think. And when I had double ovens and I put the turkey in one oven and turned on the other, other oven. So when Eva came up, she was going to help me do stuff. And she said, show me the turkey. We open the oven, it's cold. So, um, you know, we just, so it made us have time again. And I called my sister in law, said, you know, here's what happened. So she and I, and give me a few hours. <laughs> give me two and a half hours to cook this turkey. And um, so Travis looks back and he said, you know, it was just y'all were comfortable together. You know, she came over and said, okay, what do we do now that the turkey's like this? And it just, 
it wasn't a problem. So he looks back at that, which was three or four months before we said we were dating and said, you know, y'all were okay with each other at that point. And what was funny, because my sister-in-law um, came, the other guy never showed up. So oh. it's just Eva, my And they were like, and who me. is this chick? And she was like, who is this chick? Who are you? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what she said. Mm-hmm. Who, who are you? you? And why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. Why were David? you invited? I'm yeah. a friend of David. And so <laughs> they, they transcended that pretty quickly, and Eva started cutting her hair. And so well, you told them what I do. I did. You're mm-hmm. outed now. Well, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. That's a, yeah. So, you don't do that. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Would you tell us what you love about her? Oh, um, want to make me cry? I do. Um, I love her sensitivity. I love the way she supports me. Um, I love that she makes me laugh. And I wake up slowly in the morning. She gets up almost every morning, goes out and has coffee, and then comes back and wakes me up and gets back in bed with me and starts talking. And she'll talk for 30 or 45 minutes, and I just wake up to that. And we really have a good time with each other. Um, I'm basically a country boy. She had a place in the country that's very much like what I grew up with, and she should have known I was serious when... I asked her if I could buy my own tractor and put up there. <laughs> but it took her a while to realize that that, that was a, a good Did scene. Did you know? I was scared when he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where we were. We were on the other side of the pond underneath the tree. We were sitting there looking at the water, and he said, how do you feel about if I buy a, a, it's a riding lawnmower? She's a little tractor. And I looked at him and I go, I don't know. <laughs> Where are you going to keep this tractor? Where is it going to go? Yeah, exactly. You want to take it back and forth? What are you going to do with it? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's, I think, the first time where I really felt like he was serious in our relationship. Mm. Yeah. How did he ask you to marry him? We were having dinner, um, and it was uh, Valentine's Day. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, Having a good time talking and giggling, and like we always do, and... Dessert was served, and I take my spoon to cut down on the chocolate cake, and he taps my spoon, and he says, I have something to ask you first. I turn around, and I looked at him, and he says, uh, Would you marry me? And I, <laughs> the, the room spun around. I've never felt uh, that lightheaded uh it was really weird. I thought, what in the hell is going on with me? So then I turned over and I looked at him and I said, did you just ask me to marry you? No, she said, what? <laughs> she said, what? What? And, and you had to ask her again? again? No, and I said, I'm not saying it again. I said, did you just ask me to marry you? I wanted to know if I had made it up because I did not expect it. Did you want it? Yeah, I said yes. Did you want him to ask you? Were you at Again, that point? I don't know if I did or not. And, and then the reason is that we had talked about should we get married or shouldn't we get married. And I think at that time we had made a decision that we were going to stay together forever and that we didn't need to be married to do that. So why do you want to get married? There's a different level of commitment mm-hmm. for me. Um, just not for us, but to the outside world. Um, 
to the kids about that. And um, it really does make our life easier to be married. Uh, we've each had to go to a doctor and stuff. And, right. You know, one of the questions, are you family? And when you say, no, I'm their partner. you got to wait outside. you got to wait outside. Yeah. And Eva had had a couple of things, and um, that was no longer an option for me. And uh, I just, you know, I was ready to to change how I looked at it. I, I like her, had the paradigm, I don't need to do this again. I've, I've done it twice, you know. Don't like either outcome that had happened. And, um, but it, there, there are certainly advantages. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think, it looks like you are the romantic one and she's the pragmatic one. Is that? That's fair. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the romantic but, one. But conversely, even though you're the romantic one, she still needs things from you that you would think that would be part of a romantic type. And you had to learn how to ask for those things. And so you guys have both learned how to be with each other in this. She's in the closet. She's a closet love addict. She doesn't want to admit how much she wants oh, that stuff. Right. And oh. so it's getting safer all the time for you to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so vulnerability. I, I get it. It is vulnerable. Yeah. And that's why I called her a runner. She'd rather run than say, I need this. Well, you I'm, know? True. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm on that ground with you. Yeah. You want to run with me? Mm-hmm. Stop running, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is hard to you know, hard. change the yeah. my view of the past and whatever. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Harville Hendricks talks about like the deepest work that you can do is in relationship. Like if you're really trying to work at it, because it is so vulnerable and like heart wrenching. Yeah. So I really commend you guys on I showing up too. for each other. Yeah. It's a beautiful love story. Well, it really thanks. is. Right. Thank you. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think so it far is. it's working. That's good. That's right. It's a day, you know, day at a time. One day. One day. That's all we got. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate thank you guys you. so much. And uh, we appreciate you, listener. Don't forget that um, we are uh, now taking uh, donations, and you can do that via Google Pay if you want to send something to us, a small donation. You can send it to or a large donation. Hey, <laughs> um, any donation, a dollar. You yeah. know, it's just like a meeting. It's sober sisters talk at gmail.com, and there's no fee to sign up to either send or receive money. So we're gonna try. I want to talk to you about getting on Venmo and PayPal. Okay, but there might be some fees involved with that. So for right now, that's where we're at. And, uh, and we have expenses. We have to pay for the host, and we have yeah. to pay for some other things that. You know, we've been doing um, ourselves, and our reach is growing, and so we're just asking you to help us sustain it. That's right. And so we'll have the uh, ending come up, but I just wanted to thank our guests for being here and being with us. Uh, I really do appreciate it. We love you so much. Beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you. So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. Share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye.